Welcome to the Tech Hustler podcast. This podcast is for you if you want to hear the unfiltered stories from inspiring tech entrepreneurs. I started this podcast and the community to create what I was missing in the tech industry today. My mission is to make space for women in tech by creating a platform where they can connect, get inspired and gain new knowledge that will help them to accomplish whatever they are dreaming of. It doesn't matter if you're a tech founder, an employee, or dreaming of launching a startup. This podcast is for you. My name is Ivana von Proschwitz, and I'll be your host. It's time to start hustling smarter, not harder. So today's guest is Charlotte Fuller. Uh, she is a world-traveling, award-winning digital transformation expert and STEM champion with a passion for elevating the place for women in tech. After personally experiencing burnout whilst working within a male-dominated environment that had a toxic work culture, which caused her to step in off the treadmill and re-examine her future and come back fighting. Charlotte is today known as the Confidence Queen for Women in STEM, and she helps industry-leading organizations to empower their female talents so that women can thrive in business. That's so amazing. Warm welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Charlotte. Thank you, Ivana. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here because I think this topic is... I mean, a lot of women can relate to this topic, and I think that... Uh, all or almost all women have, have experienced uh, a toxic uh, work culture and, and some kind of um, uh, not so fair tactics in their workplace. So tell me uh, a little bit more about yourself and how did you get into this uh, journey? Sure, absolutely. So by trade, um, I am a digital transformation consultant. So that means I specifically work with more um, industrial type companies, so manufacturing, engineering, renewable energy companies, and I support them with um, adopting new technologies, specifically, you know, advanced technologies, data AI, um, IoT, all that sort of good, fun stuff. Um, I also, as you mentioned, now work with women, specifically in tech, um, to help them cultivate more confidence um, and, you know, a solid mindset that you need to really uh, support yourself in in some of these working environments, specifically as we look at tech overall and we take stock of where we are as women in the industry and and the, you know, almost slightly dismal (laughs) percentages of us here and what we need to do to kind of encourage more women in tech. Um, And so that's what I do at the minute overall. How I got into um, tech and STEM originally was a little bit of a kind of an all-round route. I did a lot of different things, um, really. I worked um, across different um, tech companies um, in in different roles, some a little bit more techy, some a little bit more on the client services side of things, so a little bit more front of house. Um, I also worked in finance for a while, so I did my you know, master's as well in, in finance, so that led me into that side of STEM. Um, and that mix of experience that I picked up just by the sort of smorgasbord <laughs> of, of roles that I did um, that sort of led me into uh, consulting because it just gave me an overarching view of actually what was going on in, in business, how organizations worked. And also, I, you know, I always had a keen, keen interest in technology. Um, it was always something that was really exciting to me. And so it was just a very natural process for me to pop that skill on top of all of the business side of things as well and be able to work with clients in that way. So that's how I got into tech. Yeah, and it's amazing when you work with different uh industries and different companies, you really get a good overview and insight about how they're working, what the culture is, what the structure is. So that is a great experience uh, to gain. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would always recommend that sort of experience to other people going into technology or any sort of consulting, really. 
get as much experience as you can across the board and just try out different things and see what you like and what works for you um, because it will never do you any harm. <laughs> it will always do you good. And it can be so hard also to know what is my passion? What do I want to work with or what topic or what what industry or what field? So it's perfect to dip in your toe all over the place and then you'll 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 at least know where you don't want to be <laughs> I have found, I found exactly. that always easiest for me like okay these <laughs> things I don't want to do but these I don't know I haven't decided yet so that that's perfect mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely agree so how did you then transform so you got into tech and I mean it is an exciting area to work in um, so how did you then segue into confidence? Right. Okay. So I was working um, in London for a large consultancy company. And um, for the first uh, couple of years, that was, it was really great fun. You know, I was working with, yes, it was all, I've always worked honestly with pretty much all male teams, <laughs> like just the nature of the industries I work with um, and, and how it's come about. And so when I first got into this this position and team, you know, I was the only woman there out of, it was about 50 odd at the time. And um, it, it was great. I was learning a lot. Um, I felt very comfortable with that. Um, and it was a very sort of supportive environment. But then what happened was there was a big shift in leadership. And um, that leadership team was replaced with a new leadership team who, again, was all male dominated, but had a very different mindset. And what happened was that environment turned into a very um, almost toxic type environment where now I'm all for, I'm a big A-type personality, right? So I'm all for working hard, getting things done, pushing forward. But there becomes a point where actually that is not healthy anymore. And because there were no other women in that that sort of environment at the time and also because there wasn't any men in that environment who were also able to leverage what we you know call more of the sort of feminine energy archetypes around if we think about some of the sort of intuitiveness and um you know compassion side of things and and all of those good stuff that we also need to create a a great balance in the workplace it was a very like I said slightly toxic environment and what happened was that I was pushing all the time. I was constantly trying to prove my worth. Um, wasn't what I realized now is that I wasn't confident enough in myself. I thought I was, right? I thought I was really confident, but actually it was all a bit of a bravado. And that led me to burnout. And I ended up having to take a couple of months off work, actually. And during that time, um, I took a time out and I reflected. I got myself back together because what actually happened was was that both my mind and my body shut down. So I, you know, I couldn't physically work. And it led me to sort of think about, well, what happened? And obviously, you know, what I realized was that the environment was one side of things. There had to be changes on that side. But also what I just alluded to slightly was that well what was I not doing to help myself in that environment and what could I do moving forward to make sure that that didn't happen to me and didn't happen to other people and you know we can go into a little bit more around that as we go into this conversation but essentially what happened was that that led me into like I said you know really wanting to help other people with this I managed to resolve that in myself and um, you know move back into tech but as an independent consultant Um, traveling the world and living nomadically which has been a really really fun time Um, but also it just led me to wanting to help other women in the industry as well. And that is really uh, a story of strength I would say to bounce back like that and and, um, I mean your story makes me so (laughs) frustrated and sad because I know that it's not rare I know that a lot of people or especially women that that feel like you have felt. And I definitely did it also myself when I was working within the insurance industry. Like, like you mentioned, like pushing, 
just like thinking like if I do a better job, if I work harder, if I deliver more, then, then the, I'll be seen, they'll give me that promotion or I'll get that job that I am deserve, that I'm longing for. But that doesn't happen, right? Because it's more tricky than that. It's not It's a not a fair workplace. I mean, it, it, you have <laughs> other things at stake that's happening in the workplace, unfortunately. Yeah, so I think it's so healthy that you talk about your journey and make other people aware that it's not you, uh, it's the system, like it's, uh, it's the environment and you can't thrive in, in a toxic environment, even though you are like the most brilliant people on, on earth or like the most skilled in your field, you're still not going to get those opportunities, you're still not going to be on those projects that will give you the reward or, or the recognition that you you want and deserve because you are probably a really, really talented person. Um, so yeah, you need to like change the environment and put yourself into the better environment. So how did you recover? Yeah, sure. So I think the first thing was, you know, I, I recognized that I had to take time out. I think the one good thing about this company was that they had good health insurance. <laughs> so that allowed me to, um, you know, seek the help that I needed. Um, which was which was really good. Um, and so I took some time out, like I said, reflected on what had really happened because I think when something like that happens to us, it's so it's so easy for us to bypass the emotions around it and then try and just move on with life. And you know, I think when we do that, we end up in the same cycle again. So I was very conscious that I didn't want that to ever happen again, <laughs> you know. So, so first of all, I took time out. And then I looked at, like I said, you know, what were the causes here? Um, and, and recognizing that, one, it was the environment. But secondly, like I said, you know, what was I doing or not doing that contributed to that as well? Because I think we always need to not never, ever blame ourselves, but take responsibility for what has happened. And so what I realized was that there was a few things, actually. The first thing was that, like we mentioned before, I wasn't as confident as I thought I was, you know, because a confident person doesn't put themselves in a dangerous situation like that. You know, they take the time out and they, they realize that that's not healthy and it's not right. Um, and then the second thing I realized was that, well, OK, if I'm not confident, what do I need to do in order to be that person and cultivate a mindset to be able to hold myself in, in better stead moving forward in different situations? Mm, and that is so good. I mean, that's the no, but that that you were really aware, I would say, because a lot of people just like keep their head down. I mean, life is much like, and especially if you have kids, you have parents, you have your friends, you have your work. I mean, there is a lot to life to to like handle and and uh, go through. So uh, I think that's amazing that you had that awakening and like awareness. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I uh, I think you know I've always been someone that's interest, been interested in personal development and self development. I think. Um, we often don't apply the, the tools and techniques and the learning until we need yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Human nature. Until you have to, you don't exactly. do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so luckily, you know, I had a bit of a background to pull on, so it just happened that um, I was able to apply them at that time. Um, but then actually, yeah, thinking about some of the things that I actually did to kind of put myself in a much better position now, because I think, honestly, like... If you ask someone today, like, what happened, what you weren't confident, I think they'd look at me as if I was insane because I I am a, now a very, very confident person, specifically when it comes to the workplace and, um, you know, holding myself in a confident way and not in, in the sense that, you know, I think a lot of people consider confidence to be very loud and actually, you know, there's a quiet confidence that I think is actually a true sense of confidence that you know I'm luckily I now possess but what I did was like I said take a step back look at things and then start building um, certain boundaries for myself understand what was what were limits for me what did I actually want out of these situations and then practice 
implementing those boundaries and making myself comfortable in in you know previously uncomfortable situations and like you also mentioned like confidence is not just being you loud like standing there and on a stage that's i mean that's one type of confidence confidence but confidence is much more complex than that you have the confidence that is like seen from the outside but then you have the self-worth uh, that also contributes to what you think about yourself and how comfortable confident you are in, in yourself <laughs> and in your capabilities. So, and, and I mean, that needs to be cultivated all the time uh, for you to set up healthy boundaries and say no with nothing, something doesn't feel right. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So what is the tools that you have found or what techniques did you use to, to bounce back or to cultivate your confidence? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's different tools in different um, situations that you can apply. So it's always slightly situational. What I say, first of all, is before you even apply tools, start looking at your belief system around your com- your own confidence. Because if you just try and apply tools on something, you know, we, we have a phrase in the UK, which is, you know, called putting lipstick on a pig you know you're not actually (laughs) dealing with the underlying issue you know you're just creating that sense of almost false confidence or confidence in the moment which can be really useful but what I think we also need to do is tackle the the underlying um, foundations as well so we'll get to some of the tools in a minute but the first thing I think you should do is really take a look at well where are you right now and where do you want to be in the future And then understand, well, what is your current thought pattern? What is actually happening inside your head? Um, And what beliefs are and are not serving you at all? Um, And then you need to kind of look at those and and rewrite that narrative. Because that will give you a foundation um, for something to kind of step on and and use moving forward. Once you're, you're in a sort of solid place... What I then say is, well, look at things situationally. So, for example, if we if we think about maybe the situation is that you don't feel confident implementing a boundary. Someone is wanting too much for you in terms of your capacity in the workplace. The first thing you need to do always is understand what your limits are. So what feels good to you and get really clear on that, because what will happen is when you start to implement boundaries is that one, it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. And two, if you are not certain of what your boundary is ahead of time, then you will not come across as confident. You will waver on it. <laughs> so you need, you need to be certain with that. But that's so hard to apply, actually, because, I mean, you can be sitting at home like, OK, I'm going to tell this to this colleague. But then in the moment, we have all these emotions uh, coming over us <laughs> and over the situation and we we fear like for that person being angry or upset or like not liking us and that I think stops us from actually uh, exercising that boundary so do you have any like how do you and, and sometimes it can also be hard to detect like that's people burn out right because they are not aware of their boundaries and what doesn't feel until it's too late do you have any advice on how to like detect in yourself like what are the warning signals that you can be aware of yeah yeah so a couple of things based on what you've said there so the first one is how do you detect it and the second one is how do you implement it effectively so detecting it can be slightly difficult But what I I always think and say to people is that you will start to feel not good. And that's sort of it. You know, you it doesn't it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. It's or more complex. It's just actually this doesn't feel good to me anymore. And once you start having that thought, then that is the moment that you need to realize that actually something is going wrong here and a boundary or something needs to be put in place to fix it. So it's just listening to and getting closer to your emotions and as we we are really really busy all of the time sometimes that can be difficult like you say so taking time out you know whether it's just a a few seconds a day to check in with yourself and say how am I feeling right now 
am I, am I okay or not, you know, um, is really going to be beneficial to detect about where a boundary needs to be put yeah. into place, first of all. And that is so important to take some time off, like not time off, but like just like take a couple of seconds in the morning or in the evening or during whatever to check in with yourself. Because a lot of people are afraid to checking in with themselves because they're, they're afraid to what they'll discover. And, and, and it's uncomfortable to sit, sometimes can be, if you, to sit with your own feelings and your own thoughts. Because you, I mean, it's not only happy thoughts that pops up, right? It's <laughs> that could be yeah. really tough. It's definitely yeah. not, is it? So <laughs> yeah. I would also like say if you feel something is not right, like speak to someone, speak with a friend, or speak with your partner, or 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 and also speak with a coach. You can also hire a coach to help you through these uh, feelings and through these, yeah, time or talk with a therapist because. It can be really hard to to handle it by yourself. Mm, indeed, I absolutely agree with you. I think whatever help you need, never be afraid to seek help or be afraid of like the judgment around that. You know, because nine times out of ten, that is just your like almost how you feel about it, and not how other people feel about it. Um, but even ahead of that, realize that. More important than anything is your ability to look look after yourself and take care of yourself. So take take those few minutes a day. It's really important. And then if you realize things really aren't right, then absolutely seek the help that you need. So good. Yeah. Put your own oxygen mask on first. <laughs> like they say exactly. on the planes. And then exactly. help everybody else. <laughs> and I think that's really hard to implement, actually, especially when you have small kids. Uh, so I, I have a small kid. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's it's hectic. You have your life, you have your friends, you have side hustles or passion projects, and then you have small children on top of that. But it's really important uh, what you're saying, just to take a couple of time, a couple of minutes to yourself. Either it be on the bus to, on your way to work or take a walk for 10 minutes or go down to that cafe, have, grab a coffee during the day if you're working from home like this, create that space for yourself is so important yeah absolutely yeah. you're so right you're so right um and then actually you're know, thinking about what your your earlier question the other side of that is that well how do you implement a boundary if it doesn't feel great so the steps for doing that really are like I said you know getting getting clear knowing what what you want the boundary to be right <laughs> just like okay I've got it in mind I'm gonna gonna do this um, what you then need to do is recognize that there is going to be a moment of uncomfortableness, if that's a word, in the interaction um, with whoever you are setting the boundary with, because it is a change in dynamic from what has happened before. So they will ask you something. That is when you are going to have to say no. So, so there's a couple of things to that. First of all, you have to get get comfortable in being uncomfortable for a moment. And the way that you can do that is recognize that you are okay, <laughs> you are safe, and also that it's only going to last a few seconds, right? So you need to do and that. And you're not going to die, that your brain thinks, because there are mechanisms in our brain that are created to, to keep us safe from harm. From, from when we were living in the desert and like being chased by it, <laughs> by, by <laughs> yeah. tigers, but we are not uh, chased by tigers in the workplace. So, but it can be the same feeling that uh, it can it can exactly it can the be same feeling. like the feeling can be really intense and really uncomfortable. But just be aware, you're not gonna die. It's okay. You're gonna be okay. It, and I think that's so important. What you you are saying, be prepared to be uncomfortable in that moment, but it'll pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. It will pass. So so what I say to people is you need to practice the pause. Because when you are setting a boundary, our first reaction, because we are not used to that feeling of, com of you know, not being comfortable, and that fear, that dread comes over us, we're panicking in the moment, is that actually do not say anything, first of all. Because it is our, we are going to want to jump in and fill that gap. I love that. <laughs> because, the power of the yeah. pause. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is so powerful because the person on the other side is 
isn't going to know how to react necessarily because you haven't ever done this before. It's a new situation. So sit in that pause, be uncomfortable with it for a few seconds. Then what you need to do is provide, put the boundary on them. So the way that you can do that of an example would be if someone is asking you to take on more work at um, another project at work, what you can say to them is, absolutely, I would love to do that for you. Unfortunately, I am at capacity right now. If you'd like me to take this on, what would you like me to let go of in the meantime or deprioritize in the meantime? Put it back on them so they know that you can't do that, you know, because then it's not you saying no, it's you saying, I would love to, but I can't. What would you like me to let go of? And that's a much easier conversation to have. And and honestly, if that is not received well, or if they say something absolutely ludicrous, like, well, you can just do both, that is the sign of a terrible leader. <laughs> and that's a problem on their side, and that needs to be dealt yeah, with. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's really smart, yeah. That's a boundary there without you having to confront that person. Throw it back over the fence. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have more gems for us? Yeah, lots. But if we think about, you know, building confidence in general, if we think about other situations that we might be in, for example, uh, speaking up um, in meetings tends to be something that people feel a little bit uncomfortable with. And I certainly have, you know, been there in the past myself where it's like, oh, you know, you want to say something, but it's like you feel that fear coming up. And that dread of what if it's not received very well. And and the first thing you need to do, like I said, everything always goes back to, you know, our belief level is know that what you have to say, if you weren't, if you didn't have something useful to say, you wouldn't be on the team, like frankly, in the first place, because what you have to say is valuable. So understand that. And then secondly, you know, start small. Um, you don't have to go all in with this stuff um incremental bits at a time will will start to build confidence for you because what i always think is that you know confidence first of all if in a new situation doesn't exist it's not real because we have confidence comes from repetition it comes from doing something time and time and again before it becomes something that we are you know is natural for us and we are naturally confident about it and that's really important what you're saying there that you're not born with confidence and it's not like you either have it or not it's a muscle you can train confidence you can train yourself to be more confident and also to to put up healthy or put down healthy boundaries that that's a it's a training and we haven't been taught that in in school or from our parents so so it's so important to not blame yourself for not being good at it right away but instead like taking small steps and see what happens see how how what happens like how your life changes or how your environment uh, changes so so yeah that's really important I, I love that you're saying that yeah 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 thank you and then also you know in that situation also know often right what is powerful and what is not powerful specifically in you know, for example, speaking up in meetings is that example, like saying lots of things is not always the most powerful result. You know, people, sometimes we need to just say one or two things very in a very impactful way to drive the result that we need. So, you know, don't get yourself overwhelmed with the fact that you need to, you know, say all of the things all of the time. Practice maybe, you know, get prepared one of the biggest things for confidence is just feeling prepared and like having your stuff together, you know, ahead of time. Um, and, um, and so if you know that you're going into a meeting and that you have some valuable points to get across, write them down, practice saying them, um, and then just go in with one or two things. And then over time, you know, like you said, build that confidence muscle. Um, it doesn't have to be an all at once type thing. Mm. Yeah, and also I usually think like if if I have this question, probably more people have it, but no one like is asking it. So so I'll just ask it. <laughs> but then you oh you sometimes see the nods like other people around the table are like, hmm yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 
How many times have you thought, you know, someone's asked something, if you're like, oh, thank goodness they've asked that, you know? <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, yes, I was wondering the same. Yeah, or like, yeah, that was a good yeah. question. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What you what you have to say is valuable, always. Um, so there, are, I mean, there are definitely other things you can do, right? If we think about like quick um, tips for confidence, you know, if we, one of the things, a couple of tools that I really like that I'll go into now, that I used when I, um, you know, a few years ago, really effectively. The, the first one is quite simple. You know, it's just write a list of all your previous accomplishments. And every time you've done something wonderful that you never thought you could do, because I don't care who you are, we've all done amazing things, right? There's always been something that you didn't think you were able to achieve and you have. So get clear on that um, and get really, you know, understand how good you are already and then have something to pull on so that's just a a really useful thing to kind of keep keep to the side the second thing is and I use I use this all the time and now when I say it I'm like oh my gosh it's so embarrassing but it works so well um so I always share this this um this with people and it also works for my clients really well as well is sometimes we can't be confident as ourselves right so what I mean by that is that you know back when I worked in um in you know I I do it now naturally but back when I worked in in the first worked in the corporate positions you know when I was working in in finance and then first into consulting I would have to present to you know global CIOs and CEOs on on strategy projects and my background is you know I come from a very working class family There, you know, I don't come from what we call, you know, a traditional consulting background where you might have been through private schools or or whatever and and all of that. And so I couldn't, I was wildly unconfident in those situations and I didn't know how to be or how to act, frankly, because no one had ever, you know, talked to me. I had the brains to do it. I knew what I was going to say, but the rest of me didn't, yeah, wasn't quite there. And so what I started to do was actually I built a persona for myself and what I thought about was who would the person who was really amazing in this situation what would she be and who you know who would she be what would she look like what would she value um, and how would she show up and I got really really clear on that person and I named her she had a name (laughs) and um you know it was really really built out which makes me sound a little bit crazy but honestly stay with me because it works and um you know I and I remember distinctly you know riding on the tube through London um really fearful about this presentation that I had to do and I put her on and I was like okay just for this meeting I am just going to pretend to be this person and it was incredible you know I was able to first of all that went incredibly well And what I then did was just kind of put on this new belief system and this new sort of value set and way of being. How would she show up? How would she walk? How would she talk? How would she do all of those things? And then over time, actually, you know, the two things just came together where it's now just my natural way of being, because as we go back to what we were saying before, all you're doing is training that behavior and training that confidence muscle. So she was built over time, <laughs> you know, I obviously don't call myself that name anymore, um, but um, it works really, really well. So if you're ever unconfident in a situation, no one else needs to know about it, but just give it a whirl um, because it works very effectively. Mm. And that's a really good trick. I use that sometimes as well, but I I think about, <laughs> I don't have a name for her, but I think about <laughs> uh, a person that I really admire in, in, in the industry, like um, someone that I look up to a role model and then I think about like what would she do in this situation and then I do it um yeah I think that's very powerful and and it's so tricky with with like confidence because you need to embody it for it to be true and for you to feel confident in in it but you need to you need to act first and then comes the um feeling of confidence and and feeling confident yeah and I think that's what's so tricky but then 
and getting out of your own head and getting out of your own self, I think it's very valuable sometimes. I also sometimes when I am like afraid to do things or uh, I get nervous about a presentation or, or a workshop or whatever, I think about the value that I deliver. So I think about other people like, okay, my message or like showing up on LinkedIn or like writing posts. It's like, it's not about me and my achievements, my opinions. It's about like someone needs to hear this message. Like I can help someone. I can inspire someone. Um, and if I can do that for only one person, then I'll write it. I, I'll, I'll put myself on the line. But it's not because myself that I want to be talking. It's to impact and to inspire other people. And that's sometimes helped me to get out of my own way because we are on our own uh, worst enemies, right? So the, the only person or only thing stopping you achieving your dreams and, and being confident and, and like doing all those things that you dream of is yourself, is your limiting beliefs and, and your lack of confidence in, in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I absolutely love that. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It is about other people. And, you know, so first of all, just for you, I love your LinkedIn post. <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank you so much. You do see? not stop doing that. It's for me. <laughs> I am that person. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Um, and yeah, and secondly, you know, so, so you know, think about that. If it's Even if it's out of, you know, more of the entrepreneurial side that we're in at the moment, and even in a corporate side, like, why are you doing stuff? You know, are you doing it for your family? Are you doing it because you want to achieve something for someone else? Like... What's the bigger picture and the, the overall vision? And that's really useful to anchor in into for sure, I think, when it comes to building confidence. Because sometimes, you know, like we said, confidence isn't there at the start and you just need a bit of a kick of bravery. <laughs> um, and sometimes thinking about, you know, the people that you care about and what you're doing this for over the long term might just be that little nudge that you need. Yeah, and connected to your why. Like, why do you want to do those projects so why do you want to show up in those uh, that way and you can also think about like what triggers you like look at other people and what triggers you like if you get upset by someone saying something or acting in a in a in a way why does that trigger you like because it's not about that person it's about you and yourself and your 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 desires and wants and limiting beliefs so i always always think about like when, when I get provoked by something, either it's, it's a woman or man or whatever, I'm, I always think about, hmm, why did I get triggered? Like, what is the issue here? What do I need to work on uh, to, to, yeah, to resolve? Yeah. Yeah, that's very self-aware of you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I have been working on my self-development when I became an, became an entrepreneur. Uh, <laughs> because then you really well, need you to find them too. Yeah. <laughs> you need, oh, you, you need, need to. to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, for sure. And like really, really great points. You know, I think um, you know if we we talk about that. I mean, it's something that that I notice in myself as well. That I catch myself to be like using your example is if someone's triggering me. Like, what is it? Like, is it because I'm you know say for example someone's you know triggering me on online or something is it that I'm actually triggered or is it just that like I I'm not I wish I'd been showing up in the way that they had exactly exactly yes that's exactly it that I mean that tells me that this is something I want because I get I get triggered by other people doing it because that that's something I want and I'm not there yet so then I know like okay get 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 going <laughs> do it <laughs> Yeah. Use it for good and to motivate yourself rather than to feel like, yeah. Um, exactly, yeah. Disempowered about it. Yes, and that's so important. Thank you for, for highlighting. Instead of thinking like, oh, but I can never be as good or I can never do it that... I mean, that, it, it doesn't matter. That, that person probably have practiced it more. So if it triggers you, that shows you that it's something you want. And think about like, why do you want this? Uh, is it is it a want that is uh, that you want or a want that you think that you want because of someone else putting that that uh, pressure and want on you 
Yeah, yeah, that's a great point as well, isn't it, Riggy? Like, where, where is it actually coming from? And that goes back to what we were saying about before, you know, about knowing yourself and knowing how you're feeling, what you want, where you want to go, all of that stuff. is you, you need to understand all of that before I think you can really achieve anything that you want in life, whether that's becoming, you know, more com- just more confident, or we say that like it's easy, just more confident. <laughs> <laughs> it's a journey, it's a journey. I definitely think it's a journey. And I, I usually also, I mean, I'm not there yet where I want to be. But if I look into retrospect and look back, like I have done so much, I have evolved and developed so much. So I'm on, I'm on a good good way. So give yourself some, some praise as well for the hard work that you're doing and the development journey that you're on. Because it is a journey. You're not going to, uh, it's not going to work with like you doing some yoga, meditate and take a walk in the forest and you'll be this confident person. It's, it's not, <laughs> yeah. That's not how it works. I mean, th- those are tools mm-hmm. that can definitely help and support you in that journey. But it's, it's, it's a journey that you actively have to be aware of and work on every day. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you. You know, it's it takes time. It takes it time. Does. It takes yeah. time and it takes takes bravery and, you know, the courage to actually decide that you want to be a more competent person and want to be, you know, someone who is actually achieving what they want to achieve. Yeah, and upgrading yourself, like up-leveling, uh, knowing that you can do more. Uh, I'm not saying, like, be a better person person like or be someone else but just like push your own boundaries a little bit at a time and like see yourself expand and grow Mm -hmm. exactly like just the best version of you not anyone else just yourself just yourself yeah Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you so much. That was really good. But uh, let's uh, uh, cover a bit about uh, because uh, you mentioned also energies and uh-huh. feminine and masculine energy. Yeah. Can you give me your thoughts about that? Yeah, sure. So feminine and masculine energies, you know, I speak about them specifically in terms of their purpose in the workplace. Um, and how we can use, and we'll go into what they are, but to use these types of energies um, for good and for balance. Um, And so, for example, you know, when we talk about masculine and feminine energies, you know, these aren't related to a gender, man or woman. They are energies that we, and traits that we possess, each of us internally. So whether you're a man or a woman, you both have masculine and feminine energy. Masculine energy is more doing energy so in its um, empowered form that includes things such as um, being assertive um, being goal orientated and driven and, and action taking feminine energy on the other hand is more being energy um, so if we think about sort of the yin and yang sort of situation it's the same balance um, it's the polar opposite and so Being energy includes things such as um, intuition, as we've been talking about today, Um, self-worth, it is listening, receiving, um, holding space, all of that good stuff. Now, how I kind of help people cultivate boundaries, um, cultivate um, these energies really is what we need to understand is both of these types of energies are are vital within the workplace and, and have value because what we see and what is typical in um, you know, the workplace and corporate environments is that masculine energies are valued as being important. Feminine energies are seen to be um, not useful or soft or you know, just, not, like, just not helpful. And so what I help people do is understand that both are required. So for example, you know, that's, that was one of my main problems, you know, one of the reasons that I led to burnout was because I was operating primarily from this main masculine archetype, the energy is of do, do, do all the time, and not leveraging any of the, the feminine energy, energies that are so important. And so, to give you an example of, of, of how these things are important, one is that it will protect your overall well-being to cultivate, you know, balanced energies. But then also as well, you know, if we think about their value in the workplace, masculine energy is wonderful. We need to be able to get things done, right? We need to be able to hit revenue targets and do all the things. And like, I'm, you know, not naive about that in any way whatsoever. But 
We forget how important feminine energies are in terms of cultivating things such as relationships. So whether that is relationships with our team members, if we are a leader, or just anyone on a team, um, and also client relationships. So for example, you know, if people say to me, you know, in a corporate environment, well, you know, we, we don't really, this isn't as important. I would say to them, well, how important are your client relationships? to your, you know, revenue targets and to your success, because I bet you, you know, <laughs> without them, you're not doing, you know, you're not going to get any very far. And so my point is that we need both. So in, so, so we need to learn to leverage both. So both in terms of like how we just generally interact with each other, but also cultivating the right energies at the right times. So an example might be, if we are having that client relationship and I, one of the things that I'm actually very, very good at is cultivating strong client relationships. And I do that by leveraging both masculine and feminine energies. So for example, let's say you're running a daily scrum meeting. Like, let's just use that example. You would go in with your, with your masculine energy, first of all, and you would um, run that meeting. What's going on here? What do we need to do? Blah, blah, blah. Very masculine. Then what I would suggest you do is practice moving into feminine energy and, and listening. Stop trying to like dominate any situations and just sit back and understand, you know, okay, what is going on with everyone today? What do you, how is everyone feeling? You know, you're not a therapist by any, <laughs> in, you know, you don't have to be that, but have a general check of how's everyone doing today? And then listening and understanding that that is as valuable as you putting your um, opinions across all of the time and much more valuable to creating those relationships that will last over time, for example. And so what I do is, you know, I teach um, people within organizations how to leverage both sides of, of the spectrum with this. Yeah. And that is so important to learn how to leverage these energies because you can intentionally use one or the other to, to get the result that you want. Exactly what you're saying. Like sometimes you need to push uh, and be like more goal oriented and like, okay, what's happening here? What do we need to do? Bam, bam, bam. But sometimes it's more beneficial to take a step back and listen and, and like listen to an, your intuition and cultivate those relationships and also creativity. Like if you, when you need to be creative and come with creative solutions or create something, <laughs> something very creative, then, then you also need to step into your feminine energy to like take in those things absolutely yeah absolutely they both have a place um and for for overall team well-being for the general success of a team over the long term not the short term you need to leverage both yeah absolutely yeah but uh, i have an interesting question for you like um when did you start uh, coaching in this field was it before covid or after covid through COVID. Through COVID. So how yeah. did you see that change? Like before when COVID came, I mean, everything, it, it, it um, changed the workplace, right? From like being there every day, nine to five, hustling, long hours, commuting, everything, like the world paused. <laughs> and suddenly we all sat home and then it was harder to cultivate those relationships like over a camera and over Zoom instead of going into the office. Uh, so how did you see in the workplace, how did you see a shift? So shift specifically in terms of cultivating relationships or just shift generally? Shift generally, if we think about uh, like feminine, masculine energies, like how bosses thrived if they had one or the other or teams thrived if, if they had one or the other or um yeah what change did you see yeah 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 so actually I saw a huge spike in um just more masculine energy so what I what what I saw was that yeah what I what I saw happen was that whatever the the team looked like in the first place. So say they had a slightly more masculine, you know, energy and they gem teams, workplaces generally will, you know, we need to appreciate that, that like actually 
most of us will be more masculine in the workplace anyway. But when we look at, you know, both masculine and feminine energies, there are what we call empowered masculine and feminine energies. So from a place of, you know, um, so they, they are what we were talking about before in terms of like doing, getting things done. If we think about masculine energies, there are also disempowered or um, wounded energies as well. So that is when, for example, masculine energy will turn from being, um, you know, decisive or action orientated into toxic, for example. So what I saw was that if, you know, if a team was operating from a generally healthy masculine perspective, actually what COVID did, because we all went into a bit of a state of panic generally, um, was that it, it almost pushed teams too far. So it was it was moving people into more of that sort of toxic side of things. And I didn't see anyone move more into the feminine side of things. It really? just wasn't, yeah. That was what I was expecting. Like people more taking time, like meditating, I don't know, like cultivating their family life as well, because suddenly they were spending more time with their, with their partner, with their kids and like, or, or was that maybe more, even more stressful than you to imagine manage everything more? I think, okay, very interesting. Okay, so I think on a team level, it was mu- it pushed more into the toxic traits of how do we actually get things done? Um, how do we make sure that we are, you know, really... Because there was a sense of panic, yeah, right, yeah, that we were heading into yes. a not, not a very safe situation. No, no. Um, and so all of that happened. On an individual level, though... A lot of people did start moving into or realizing the benefit of taking more time out um, and leveraging some more of those feminine energies. So I think it's on a personal level, it was slightly different to what I saw on a team level, for sure. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But do you see that things are back to normal or what, what is the normal today? It's a good question, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people, um, it's, it makes me a little bit sad because I see actually people or teams and organizations slipping back to where they were um, prior to COVID. Um, so it's almost as if, okay, well, let's get everyone back into the office um, and let's sort of almost forget about what happened. Now, of course, there are organizations that have still, you know, kept some of the things that they implemented during COVID that were very valuable. But actually, you know, I do see things slipping back to where they were in terms of um, let's drive, you know, drive outcomes and let's not worry too much about the people side of things. So not all organisations, but, you know, we are seeing that a little bit across the board as well. Yeah, but that's, um, I mean, yes, I agree. And like doing COVID in Sweden as well, like the society was still open. We, we didn't have any lockdowns. Like yeah, we worked from home, but then everything, like we didn't have as strict rules here. So I definitely think that like, you're right. Like people move more in the masculine because yeah, they need to have control. And like, how do we, how do we stay productive even though we don't see each other? We don't, we don't check in with each other all the time. And, and what you said about private, but, but now I also like experienced what you're saying, like some more traditional industrial companies are like, okay, let's forget this. Let's get everybody as, as it is. This, this was just a, a parentis in, in our like uh, 200 year legacy or whatever. But you also see the, like the great resignation that's happening. And like the younger generations or millennials and younger generations not not buying into that paradox anymore. They're like, no, this doesn't suit my lifestyle and, and my, my well-being. So I'm not buying into that uh, narrative again. So I, I really think that the companies that don't are not flexible they're gonna have a hard time attracting talent or what 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 do you see like because you work with a lot of organizations and you work with a lot of women and like what what are they what are their requests or desires or what what do people want to see in the workplace yeah so I think when it comes to people we want all the things that you've just mentioned you know we want that flexibility we want we we realized how valuable our personal time was 
um, and our lives outside of work. And I think we, we want to keep that. I think it's a really interesting dynamic at the moment because, like you said, you know, you've got these um, more traditional type companies that are trying to bring everyone back. And I think for, for now, people are um, rebelling, slightly, not rebelling, but like pushing against that in a positive way. Like, and I completely advocate for that because I, you know, like I mentioned at the start of this, I completely left um, corporate. I work independently. I travel the world. I have my own time. And I think everyone should do that. Honestly, travel the world, but have their own time, you know. Um, now, the problem is that obviously... We, we are starting to see fear is starting to creep back into the market. So you will see, you know, as we, we've seen this week, the huge layoffs um, at Twitter, for example, say, you know, with Elon Musk saying everyone must be back in the office or you're, you're out. What do people do when that, if, you know, where, if, if they are stuck in that situation? And unfortunately, like, you know, I really hope people are in the, in a position to be able to push back against that, and I hope organisations listen because I hope they understand the value of some of the things that we've learned over COVID. But unfortunately, that organisations, especially large organisations, have an ability to pressure people in a in a negative way, and that's you know it's it's unfortunate and it's sad. Yeah, because people are dependent on the sal- on their salaries. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I hope that, I mean, I'm always a positive, <laughs> positive person and I, I'm not losing hope in the first place. So I, I really hope that, I mean, I think that eventually the, the organizations that are too much in their masculine energy and like um, want to be everything like um, profit driven and uh, have control and everything has to be task driven and things like that. I think they will lose in the end. They will lose the good talent. And the, the organizations that are more leaning into their feminine and like opening up more for flexibil- flexibility, uh, like being aware of people's needs uh, for, for like, yeah, getting their, their whole life together with their kids and, and like their personal life and everything. I think those will benefit because those will, would will attract the the good talents i i hope that's my my wish <laughs> yeah and and you know i really i really agree with you and i i think that they will thrive over the long term because specifically what we're, we're seeing happen is that you know for example as women you know with families and different things going on in our lives that we are not First of all, we know that diverse companies are more innovative, that they um, have higher, you know, generate more revenue, um, that there's so many wonderful things. If you force everyone to go back into an office or force everyone to be a certain way, then you are going back to a, well, we really just want, you know, one certain type of person that is able to do that. And that is not a diverse organisation. And so if we look at what the benefits are over the long term, then yes, I agree with you. I think they will absolutely win. Um, But I just hope, yeah, it's my hope as well that they realise that sooner than than later. Than later, yeah. But do you coach coach women uh, individually as well or only organisations? I do. So I do both. So I coach organizations, um, but I also coach women uh, one-to-one and I will also be releasing some more passive programs as well to support women. So so from the coaching that you have with women, mm-hmm. like what do women in, in STEM want? Like if you, you take the the conversation that they had and you were sitting there with a, like a company so and telling them, okay, this is what, what women in STEM want. What, what is that? Like what, what do they want? You know, I think on a personal level, um, women want what everyone wants, and that is to, you know, realise their full potential, to have fulfilling, thriving careers, um, and to, you know, be successful like everyone else. You know, what we also want, though, is the ability to um, have a workplace that supports that um, and values that. So we're asking for one, you know, I always see this as a dynamic. There's always two sides of things. There's always what the women, what the woman wants and what the organization has to do on the other side of things. So what we're asking for is organizations to be flexible, to understand the value of that flexibility, to you know be able to put the 
the policies in place and like really have this structured at an organizational policy level um, to set up programs that support women, you know, and I, I'm always careful when I say that from, from personal experience, because you've got to do it in a way that is supportive of women and not patronizing and not what you just think that they need, (laughs) you know, like actually like useful stuff. Because I've been on, like, I was put on, um, women's leadership programs and at the time you know they thought it was they were like well you're great you're like doing the things we want you to thrive but actually you know having someone tell me how to dress was not you know appropriate so being aware of that sort of thing um, is really useful Um, and then thinking about things like well how we're asking for organizations to you know understand that if you want really want us to be there that you need to also, you know, accommodate us and um, also put things in place to support us for sure. But on a personal level, you know, we all want the same thing. We all want to achieve um, our dreams, essentially. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Very, very good um, summary. <laughs> but what do the co- uh, organizations do wrong then? In your experience, after coaching a lot of organizations, what, what, what do they need to change? Yeah, I think the first thing is, you know, understanding what women actually want and listening to them and not just assuming that, you know, this is not just a tick box exercise of, okay, we've got this policy, we've written a policy. Great. Like, how are you actually implementing that, though, throughout the organization? You know, um, they, it is, you know, not a case of um, just putting in um Pro, you know, understanding what the training is that the women need within your organization. So, like we went, you know, we were talking about earlier on, it's not a case of just saying, okay, we need women to be more confident, for example. Let's give them tools. But understanding, actually, well, like we were saying earlier, well, what is the foundation around that? What What is the real problem here? And, and, and looking at the two sides of the coin and saying, it's okay, so we might need to support our women, but also how are we how are we changing the general environment in the organization as well? How are we training men to deal with, you know, to handle situations differently, to build awareness on where their biases are and how they might unconsciously be causing, you know, the, the problems that we see around sort of women in STEM at the moment. So, there's a lot of different things. I think it's, you know, really coming down to not assuming, but knowing, really taking it on um, holistically um, and looking at all different side of things and not just fast action strategies, but really looking at something that is going to be long term and embedded in the organization over time. Yeah. And yeah. And I love that you're saying it's not a tick box exercise because it's not about that. I mean, you can say you can hire women, but if you don't, if you have a toxic culture, they want to stay there. So it's not about that. It's not about attracting and, and like, yeah, it's about how do you create an environment that includes minorities and, and, and um, uh, appreciates diversity. And I love that you are also mentioning men. Because I think that, like, for us to do a change and create uh, a healthy environment at work, it's not only the women's job to fix that. It's, like, everybody's job. And I, like, love that you're mentioning the biases that you might have. Because some, some people are maybe not aware of, or some men are not aware of that they have biases because this is how they have acted their whole life. So no one has complained before. So what's the harm? I mean, the, it, it could just be awareness that is needed. They, they are maybe not intentionally want to um, to say or do something that's that's hurting someone else. So I think that's, that I love that you are highlighting that. Um, as well and also i would also extend it to only not maybe women but minorities or, or diversity in general it could be people from other backgrounds um yeah that 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 also need to be feel included uh, in in the mm. workplace yeah exactly could not agree more everyone needs yeah. to feel included 
Yes, amazing. Thank you so much for a lovely conversation. And um, in the end, I always ask my guests uh, for their best advice. So I would uh, want to know what is your best advice for them building confidence? Sure. I think my best advice would be know that whatever you want is possible for you, first of all. You know, I think the hardest thing is always cultivating the self-belief around it and know that if you are feeling unconfident right now, if you are feeling feelings of low self-worth, imposter syndrome, all of those things, then know that actually confidence, as we've mentioned time and time again, can be built. My advice is to lean into that faith around it and understand that if you put effort into something, then you can improve upon it. And so my advice is that don't, even if you fail with it, just keep going. Um, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel a little bit weird at times. Um, but after a while, it will feel normal and you will be able to be the most confident version of yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. And are there other tech hustlers that you would like me to interview? Mm, yeah, I think, um, so actually one wonderful woman who I absolutely love is uh, a friend of mine, Kendra Parker, and she is an expert actually in terms of helping employee, helping organizations improve their, uh, their workplace experience, both in terms of general um, culture, but also technology as well. Um, and there's a lot going on in that space at the moment. So if you want to know more about that and how you create you know, incredible cultures within organizations. She's a really cool person to speak to. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Charlotte, for being here. And thank you it's for making the workplace a better place for all women <laughs> in STEM. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Ivana. It's been so nice to speak to you. Thank you. think about today's episode let me know on linkedin and instagram at tech hustler this podcast is a passion project of mine so if it speaks to you it would mean a lot to me if you would give it a nice review and share it with your friends see you next week and until then hustle smarter not harder <laughs>